Last week, we went underground to talk about the hidden pain in our world and our own experiences that are buried deep within us. This week's focus is shifting ground. How do we deal with changes in our lives? How can we turn our fear of the unknown and into anticipation for a new future? This week, we invite you to explore the paths of change and the road they lead us on. Our preacher today is Sarah Werner. Sarah is the communication coordinator for Central District Conference of Mennonite Church USA and pastor of Olentangy Wild Church. She is also a professor of ecotheology with Pathways, an online theology education program affiliated with the United Church of Christ and lead course reviewer for the Environmental Justice Certificate Program, helping to develop a series of courses to help pastors, lay people, and theology students confront environmental injustice in their local communities. Her new book, Rooted Faith, explores practices for living well on a fragile planet. Copies of her book will be for sale in the fellowship hall. The scripture reading today is from the First Nations version of the Bible. Listen closely for new ways of hearing this passage. A reading from Mark 8, 31 to 38, from the First Nations Version. Creator sets free, also known as Jesus, began to instruct his followers that the true human being must suffer many things. The council of elders, the head holy men, and the scroll keepers would turn their faces from him. He would then be killed. And after three days would return the world of the dead. He said this openly to all his followers. Stands on the rock. Also known as Peter. Pulled him aside from the others and spoke sharply to him. Creator sets free. Or Jesus. Turned and looked to his followers and then spoke sharply to stands on the rock. Or Peter. Out of my way, accuser. These are not the thoughts of the great spirit, but of a weak human being. He then gathered his followers and the crowd around him and said, Any who want to walk the road with me must turn away from their own path and carry their own cross as they follow me to the place of ultimate sacrifice. The ones who hold on to their lives will not find life. But the ones who are willing to let go of their lives for me and for the good story I bring will find the true life. How will it help you to get everything you want in this world but lose the true life? Is there anything in this world worth trading for it? There are bad-hearted and unfaithful people living today in this generation who are ashamed of me and my message. So... When the true human being comes to show the power and shining greatness of his Father along with his Holy Spirit messengers, he will also be ashamed of these people. Good morning. It's wonderful to be with you all this morning. The communications coordinator in me wishes I had my camera so I could take a great picture from sitting up here. It's nice to see all of your faces. Um, Some of you I've met before and some of you are new, so I look forward to talking to you more after the service. Um, I love the words of this First Nations version of the scripture that we read this morning. This is a well-known text 
And hearing it in a new voice gives new meaning to some of these oft-repeated phrases. I particularly love the reframing of eternal life as the good story. But more on that later. Those who seek to save their lives will lose it. Those who lose their lives for my sake will inherit eternal life. We usually think of this text as a call to sacrifice ourselves, to die a valiant death like the early Anabaptist martyrs or the Roman Christians. But losing your life isn't usually literal in the way of martyrs and freedom fighters. It's often much more subtler than that. Restructuring your life around caring for others, around advocating for the marginalized, around the reality of a warming planet. What does it mean to lose your life to Christ? To reorient towards eternal life, the kingdom of God, the perpetuation and thriving of life on this planet far beyond your own lifespan. First, losing your life for Christ, for others, for the earth, is a countercultural notion. In our modern Western society, we privilege individual choice, autonomy, and freedom. While this is noble in theory, in practice, it comes at the expense of the well-being of human community and the earth itself. Being able to make your own choices about where to live, whether or who to marry, what kind of work to pursue, these are all good and important things. Don't get me wrong. But at some point, we got lost and started valuing our autonomy more than we value the well-being of all life. Walking in the way of Jesus, losing your life, means orienting your life toward God, towards others, towards life as a whole, instead of our own individual wants and desires. And let's also be clear up front about what losing your life isn't, because there's a lot of destructive theology out there um, about this text, often aimed at women and those in caregiving roles. Losing your life for Christ does not mean sacrificing yourself by staying in an abusive relationship. It also doesn't mean pursuing work that you hate out of a feeling of obligation or coercion. Walking in the way of Jesus is so much more than that. God doesn't want you to stay in an abusive relationship or always put others first to the detriment of your own well-being. This isn't the kind of life that Jesus calls us to. So what does eternal life, the kingdom of God, look like? What does it mean to live into the good story? Most importantly, it means embracing change. All of us are changing all of the time. We live in a rapidly changing climate, in a changing human culture. Nothing stays the same for very long, but many of us are perpetually and incredibly resistant to change. We want things to stay the same if things are going well for us and are resentful of any kind of disturbance to our comfortable lives. I count myself in this, by the way. I enjoy things that stay the same. 
There are many things that are worth preserving. Family traditions, memories, our faith commitments, none of these are entirely immune from change. The truth is, we all lose our lives eventually. We only get to walk this earth for a certain length of time, and Lent is a season when we remember this, that we come from and return to the soil, which is so beautifully displayed up here. Lent is also a time when we remember that Jesus' time on earth with us was also brief. He certainly made the most of it, healing and teaching about the coming transformation of the world. If we learn anything from Jesus' ministry, it's that clinging to the status quo only leads to death. And you're liable to have your table turned over in the temple by a holy prophet in righteous indignation if you try to avoid it. We all lose what we have eventually. But willingly giving it up for another, that is really being alive. Being involved in work that builds solidarity with the poorest and most vulnerable members of our society, advocating for justice, reaching outside of our comfort zone to become more deeply who we are and to take part in something communal and holy. That is what it really means to live out our faith. And it begins with letting go of our resistance to change, to losing our lives in small ways each day. In the natural world, change and adaptation are the basis for the vast diversity of life around us. Animals, plants, and other organisms make the most of their particular environment. Learning, growing, and changing as the ecosystem around them changes. There's nothing inherently scary about change. It's just that we get so used to the way things are that we resist any attempt at adaptation, even when we are suffering. In this context, losing your life to be part of the good story can be a positive thing. Learning to live as part of your watershed, part of your community, both human and beyond human. Learning to live for others, to be part of a global movement of peaceful transformation. Love has an inherently self-sacrificial quality to it in that your life isn't all that matters. Like a parent who loves a newborn child or a spouse, they're willing to give up everything for their safety and for their happiness. This is unhealthy when it's one-sided, of course, but mutual love is mutually self-sacrificing. It's about becoming part of something larger. And also, God is with us always in this, through every change, every upheaval, every adaptation. I have had a front row seat in the power and peril of change. Um, some of you know that I have a connective tissue disorder that causes nearly constant neurological changes in my body. I have times like now when I'm very able, um, walking and thinking clearly, but there are other times when my legs are weak and I use a walker or a wheelchair to get around. I also experience times when it's very difficult to concentrate or be productive, and all I can do is rest in my own fragile embodiment and wait. 
It took me a long time to make peace with my changing body, and I still have moments of frustration. But when I was able to love myself, it also became more easy to love others, to appreciate the great amount of pain that exists in the world, and to do something about it. I feel deeply that change is a river that we're all swept up in. You can either swim vigorously against the current, wearing yourself out, or you can learn to float with the flow of the current, paddling a little here and there to avoid the boulders, but not fighting where the river is taking you. Losing my life has been about learning to navigate this river of change. We all want things to stay the same. We want to keep our comfortable large houses and drive in our peaceful cars and retain our habits of consumption. I again include myself in this assessment. If we are from middle-class families, we want the same things our parents had. But those things aren't necessarily life-giving, and they can come at the expense of the health and well-being of other people as well as the natural world. If you're getting nervous, this is not leading to a call to give up all of these things. Giving up all and, and living off the grid. Some, some people do enjoy doing that, but that's not what I'm asking you to do. <laughs> Though Jesus did command his disciples to give all they had to the poor and follow him. Very few of us are willing to do that. What I am trying to say is that when we orient our lives around material comfort, it too easily slips out of our grasp and becomes something life-destroying. When we live for something greater, we orient our lives around fostering the kingdom of God, around being part of the good story, and when we do this, something deep inside of us wakes up. The job, the car, the house— those things become less important than other more life-sustaining activities. When I think of this, what comes to mind is a scene from the movie Harriet that came out a few years ago about the life of Harriet Tubman as a younger woman. She was a former slave and conductor on the Underground Railroad, just in case you haven't heard of her. And there is a moment in the movie when she's meeting with other conductors and backers after the passage of the Fugitive Slave Act, which made their work much more dangerous. She gives an impromptu speech to those gathered, saying that she would give every last drop of her blood in her body to rescue as many people as possible, despite the worsening peril of doing so. She was vibrantly alive in that moment, clear in her purpose and her incredible power. So what is it that you are willing to give every last drop of blood in your body for? I would easily give my life for my partner, my nieces, my brother, my parents. But I'm not sure what else. And while this may be an interesting thought experiment, as I said before, losing your life doesn't necessarily mean dying. We all seek to save our lives or lose them on a regular basis with each choice that we make. What might it look to live for something more than ourselves, our families, or our own security and comfort? This will mean different things for different people. 
Some do indeed follow Jesus in giving all they have to the poor and dedicating their lives to service. But we can't all be monks or nuns or hermits living off the grid. Living for others means making decisions based on what is most beneficial for our fellow humans in the created world. It means sharing from the bounty of our lives instead of hoarding it for an imagined apocalyptic future. Love itself has an inherently self-sacrificial quality to it. Once you love someone, your life becomes bigger and you're no longer all that matters. The world has too many martyrs. What we need instead is peacemakers, adapters, people open to change. The world needs people to think beyond the course of their own lives and to remember that they are part of a very old story. The story began long before we came into existence and will continue far after we die. So what will you begin that will outlive you? What seed will you plant that will take a hundred years to mature when your body has long returned to the soil?